Welcome to Making Bread, Making Money in the Modern Age. Now, here's your host, Matt Barkley. Welcome back to Making Bread, where we talk about all the new ways to make money using the technology of 2022. I'm your host, NFL quarterback, Matt Barkley. There are so many investment opportunities out there right now, and none are hotter than NFTs. I'll be honest, I know a lot of people still don't totally get it. Fortunately, my guest today is someone who can put this in layman's terms. Deshaun Kaiser is a fellow quarterback and now the founder of his own NFT company, One of None. He's here to break down the playbook on how to make money in the NFT game. So let's bring him in and take a look at the week's headlines in a segment we call Whale Watching. Deshaun, we're here. We did it. We are making bread. Glad to have you on the show. First guess, what's happening, my guy? Thanks for having me, man. Nothing much. It's another beautiful day in Tennessee. Tennessee, California. I've spent time in both, and they both have their perks. Oh, yeah. And I'm excited to have you on today. Talk a little one of none, what you've started up after transitioning from the field, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, we got some headlines, some news around the crypto world. We good? Love it. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Recently, a Mickey Mantle baseball card sold for $471,000 in an auction last week. I mean, be honest with me. What do you think a Matt Barkley NFT trading card will go for? Are we talking like single single digits or double digits? Depends on how rare we're talking. Or okay, put a put a USC jersey on him. Now what? All right, we're, that ups the ante, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. It definitely ups the ante a little bit. It has a little value there. Let's call it. Uh, let's call it five hundred bucks. I spend on it. Five hundred, generous beyond. Oh my goodness, you're the best. <laughs> I hope you would buy that. No one else would. In other news, CVS trademarked four NFT-related items last week with their aim being digital shopping in the metaverse. I know a little bit about this whole space, and I sure hope it's cooler than going to pick up your prescriptions from CVS. Do you think the receipts are still going to be 10 miles long in the metaverse? Yeah, there's a good chance they'll let you maybe break that down into fractional pieces, and, and maybe you can... Chop it up into small into an, an NFT, a fractionalized receipt, you or, got it. or a you fifty got it. page talking, PDF. <laughs> yeah, we're talking. We're talking uh, an Advil piece, a, a uh, you know prescription that you're filling out, maybe a couple pieces of candy that gets their own little NFT. That might be their redeeming chance to to make it right with no more long receipts. Also, the New York Daily News reports that a special notorious B.I.G. NFT will be released on the anniversary of his death, with a portion of the proceeds going to the Christopher Wallace Memorial Foundation. We've seen hologram Tupac at Coachella and now a Biggie NFT. So I got to ask, who is headlining your ideal concert in the metaverse? <laughs> Elvis. I would love nothing more than to to catch Elvis live. That'd be incredible in the metaverse. That'd be incredible. I mean, what what's your go? Do you have a go to song? I don't want to put you on the spot there, but if he's headlining you as an NFT, right, I am officially on the spot. Yeah, I'm officially on the spot. Blue suede shoes. There's. It's got to be somewhere you're moving because that'd be a good one. Yeah, I like blue suede shoes, uh, and I like the concepts of all the different NFTs that you can pick up off of them as well. 
It's a good call. The outfits, the guitars. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Iconic. Like it. Also, Shake Shack has announced that for a limited time only, every purchase made on a cash app debit card will be refunded 15% of the total order in Bitcoin. If you're running five guys now, okay, what's the counter move? I mean, do you go free <laughs> NFTs with every burger or what happens? If you count every bag of fry that you have left over and you bring them at the same time, you might be able to pull it together to make yourself a nice little take-home NFT, I think is what it should be. Those bags are ginormous, right? They just fill up the whole thing with fries. Exactly. Digitize it. Digitize it somehow, <laughs> some way. Well, that's it for the whale watching. Some good stuff going on in the crypto world. And I want to hear about one of none. I mean, how do you transition into crypto or NFTs and kind of get started in this whole world? Yeah, you know, I was uh, out in Orange County actually training with you a little bit out there during quarantine. Yep. And I spent my first four years bouncing around the league and new city every year and new suitcase and finally got to quarantine as a free agent started to you know think about what what could possibly happen if i wasn't taking a suitcase to another hotel and a new team opened up my business journal and had double circled you know this this experience that i had with brand jordan and kind of was in that sneakerhead community kind of got into that that collectible space and so my, 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 you know, journey in NFTs really started from an attempt to find a way to take physical limited edition pieces like these sneakers and allow the creators of these limited edition items, these collectible items like brands and artists and entertainers and athletes, right. allow them to, to maximize from the secondary value. You know, so at, at first it was uh, trying to figure out a way to connect the primary market to the secondary in some sort of a social marketplace. And after enough conversations of you hinting at Bitcoin without giving us any of the alpha you had out in the field, finally. So are you saying I was your intro into crypto? Is that right? You were the first. Yeah. <laughs> was the, over here in your conversations with uh, John and, and TK, there, there was uh, quite a few conversations about crypto. And I was not I, was, I wanted nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing to do with the currency. But then, uh, you know, after doing some research on this idea and trying to figure out the best way to kind of transact these physical collectibles, obviously, um, NFT started to pop there in, in the beginning of, of 2021 with the help of NBA Top Shot and some more conversations with you started finding some interest in the blockchain space. And that's what kind of came the beginning of what we, what is now one of them. Love it. Because, yeah, your website front and center showcases merging the physical and the digital and so much of the nft world right now is purely digital and it's it's a transition people are still getting used to it in the art form or if it has utility it's still digital in a lot of cases with whether it's video games or different communities right so how is that physical aspect kind of define one of none and what's your plan going forward with that yeah, you know, when, when first diving into NFTs and even coming across blockchain, uh, the the first you know thought that came to mind was that the idea that I that I was exploring was so approachable. It was such an apparent issue that everyone could understand. You know, an artist who does a commission painting, the the painting goes up in value over time, and that appreciation is why us as investors decide to buy those physical pieces. 
But then obviously you have this artist who is already betting on themselves by taking the career path that they they're taking yet. They have no monetary benefit of those resale transactions that we as investors get. So that, that is really, you know, approachable NFTs on the other hand, after taking a while to really explore that and diving down the rabbit hole that we've all dove down, it was still very complicated. You know, it's very, very difficult to kind of bring up this true unique ownership and, you know, whether or not you want to dive into hashing and all the things that make blockchain is, perfect and beautiful as it is. So for us to, to be able to take this physical good and bring it onto the blockchain and, and you know tie these physical pieces in a one-to-one relationship to an NFT, it started making NFTs make a lot of sense to the people I was around. Um, so rather than saying that Smart. you know individual unique digital asset is worth whatever that unique ownership may be to the community that's built on Discord, you know, all new things that not the average collector and the average buyer knows about now right. you have an opportunity to say that that nft is worth the physical good and that's sitting in our vault yeah i so see you definitely are strong in the shoe game department and i think style has always been a strong suit of yours so i think you got a, a head start on everyone else in the physical aspect of nfts <laughs> so definitely. i do got to mention while you were in business school it wasn't my favorite choice i think you could have done better but going to notre dame as a business major, what did you learn while you were there? I guess, how did that experience help you to run your, your own business now? I mean, you're, come on, you're a CEO. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, there's quite a few little ideas that I was picking up at Notre Dame that I knew I wanted to lean into that really started the whole spiral effect into you know, this bigger idea of one of none. One being this value that I'm sure you experienced at USC and that I experienced at Notre Dame and most quarterbacks at most you know big schools that get to experience. And that's the value of your name and your likeness at your university being worth more than you know the average. And while most people see that as you know a lot of responsibility and uh, you know some people try to go after that status, to me I always saw it as a way to make my dollar worth a little bit more in the business space. So whether it be you know, getting into real estate and somehow finding a way to take my network and take the people that I met around Notre Dame and applying that to real estate or, right. um, you know, in this collectible space, trying to take that. That was always a concept of trying to make your name or make a, a dollar worth a dollar twenty five by getting the right people who had the right network and the right value. So that was, you know, one big, big piece that, that I really leaned into. Another idea was um, really leaning into the idea of being able to experience things over and over again into the future. And by that, mm-hmm. meaning that as we're learning in business school, how stocks were, were powering the public markets and how, you know, the same shares that my dad and my grandpa may own of, of some of these big Fortune 500 companies have been around are still being traded into the future as that company continues to grow and morph and you still get this opportunity to own it. Yes. And, you know, I was really excited about the idea of being able to, whether it be coming up with a brand or coming up with some sort of ledger that can track your lifetime growth, either as a person or as a brand that the public markets get to do. And obviously the blockchain space and NFTs really makes that approachable now for anyone to be able to kind of buy in to this long-term play of of what these businesses or what these influencers or artists are are going to become into the future. Right. And so was that kind of the influence, I guess, to transition from just buying NFTs or investing in coins as opposed to utilizing that market space and the space that you know well and utilizing your network into to starting one of none? Because most people aren't going to go in and start an own company. They're going to try to 
buy a, a board ape or, or some go big or go home or buy some, you know, digital JPEG and put it on their profile pic, but you kind of went the extra mile. Exactly. I guess what was that transition from just being involved with buying NFTs and just, I mean, starting this whole marketplace? Yeah. You know, for most people, their, their NFT journey and their blockchain journey starts with the concept of making money. And maybe that's wrong, but it more in the, it starts in the concept of collecting and being able to trade on those items that you're collecting. While mine truly started with one of none in mind, you know, this idea of trying to create this platform that can allow creators to access the lifetime value of their most exclusive and most collectible pieces. So being able to, you know, reap some sort of royalty or some sort of benefit on every resale transaction. So I had a very like intentional you know, exploration into the blockchain space where it was all about trying to find the best way to connect physical goods to this new age technology that was doing just that. This is a, a brand new concept that blockchain made you know, so simple for creators to have this consistent royalty on every one of those resale transactions that we just haven't been able to figure out in the real world. The music game is all, you know, fudged up with so just many different, yeah. yeah, you know, there's so many different people who are pulling as middlemen and, you know, the art game and galleries and how they kind of wiggle themselves in between these amazing pieces and these amazing artists. And now you have this digital space, which is so free and so open. You can go kind of do whatever you want and bet on yourself and to be able to take that technology and find a way to bring that into the physical world. And that's really where this whole concept started. And that's where I started, you know getting really excited about the concept of, of being a founder and a CEO of a company like that. Love it. Well done. Earlier this year, we saw Odell Beckham and we've seen other players in the past, Russell Okung and a few others take salary in Bitcoin. Do you envision a future where NFL players or other athletes are taking, I guess, all or, or even a part of their contract in non-cash assets like Bitcoin or eventually NFTs? Do you see that happening? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that... What would that look like to you? Yeah. I think that, you know, there, there's there's a lot that comes in the volatility of obviously the cryptocurrency, right? And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot that has to go into that agreement for that sports team or that organization to be able to pay that out to you. Mm -hmm. If I go and I think I'm going to make $10 million a year and, you know, Bitcoin sitting at 60,000 bucks and it goes down to 40, there needs to be, you know, some sort of an agreement in there that makes that all make sense. So that's going to take a while for that to become, you know, normal and for the agents of these star players to really understand how that operates and how they're going to make their money off of that as well. But as people keep testing the waters and coming up with these unique contracts, I think there's going to be a lot more opportunity for these creators to find a new way or these athletes to find a new way of monetizing from the appreciation of their salaries rather than just, you know, taking it into their bank accounts and letting it sit there. Yeah. Cause if you look at athletes and artists, I think one of the biggest differences is artists who are kind of freelancing or doing their own work are able to sell their content online and accept crypto, accept any form of payment that they want. I think the hurdle for professional athletes where CBAs or collective bargaining agreements are in play with ownership and archaic payment structure. The hard part is going to be getting to the owners about accepting different forms of payment, right? Because even now it's hard to convince a team to do a direct deposit in your bank account as opposed to <laughs> an old school check in your locker, right? And exactly. I think, you know, moving forward, that's going to be, we might have to band together you know, stand up for what's right just to, you know, try to see if we can get ownership to change. Cause that 
in my opinion, is going to be the hardest hurdle to get over. Yeah, I think you're spot on with that. I think that there's uh, there's clearly this wave, right? There's clearly this curiosity amongst all you know entertainers and creators, athletes, musicians, if you may, and being able to find unique ways to, for lack of a better phrase, bet on themselves. So that by getting into whether it be through NFTs, whether it be through joining communities, whether it be through you know joining an exchange as a brand ambassador of some kind, there's so many people who are coming around that space. I think that a lot of it stems from the creativity piece that's found in that NFT space, which makes athletes go there. And then once they get there, they learn about this this ultimate value of being able to kind of store their wealth in multiple ways. I think we're, we all as athletes come across. You know, as professional athletes come across a little money early in our careers and you quickly try to remember all of the things that you might have heard on some sort of a movie about, you know, diversify your portfolio or buy real estate. And we all kind of have these these things that we're supposed to do with our money, but we all know it's not supposed to sit. That's one thing we Correct. all know is you can't put it in your savings. You got to do something with it. And now this opportunity now to even just take that currency in some sort of an, a, a better um, investing play for ourselves, especially as you know, young men and women as professional athletes becomes another way to kind of bet on yourself and bet on your career and then obviously bet on, on the crypto. One of none has done way more than football. I mean, you have a football background, but it caters to so much more. We've talked about art and music. What is, I guess, the ultimate goal in what you have in mind for, for your company? Yeah, I think that First, how about I give a little bit of, of exactly how the, the platform works? So, right. you know, we're taking these physical pieces. So, we're taking these art pieces, these collectibles, these high luxury good, high fashion pieces that typically have a high demand in the secondary market, you know, whether it be on StockX, the real, real, or eBay. And we're putting them in a one to one relationship to an NFT. So that when collectors gain access to these, uh, these hybrid assets, if you may, mm-hmm. and they have this ability to either redeem, meaning it will fulfill that good. If it's a piece of art, put it on your wall. If it's a luxury good, wear it. Or they can vault their product, leave it with us. We'll take care of storage, insurance, and keep the product in good condition. And while that physical good sits in our vault, in exchange, we give you that token so that you can go on to either exchange the ownership of the product or you know take that product and put it into a metaverse or do anything you know that Web3 can give you the, the optionality to do. So in terms of where I see the business going and the ultimate goal is that that infrastructure that we've been able to build over the last year or so at our first facility out in Virginia with one of our minority partners on the business and now getting our second location here in, in Nashville, while the, the initial goal was to create this really cool marketplace for collectors, and it was really collector focus of trying to you know build the communities that we were seeing on Discord and Reddit um, around these products. Yeah, those collector communities really are the, the kind of the hardcore to go after, I guess, when you're starting. So it's not a bad idea. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, the idea was to take some of that community building and bring it right to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. You know, that this was before blockchain. It was more, you know, the thought of why do we have five different resources as collectors, a sneaker has to be able to figure out which next drop we want to get on, you know, whether it be the Discord chat, whether it be my Telegram group chat, using Nike's app, you know, the sneakers app to be able to get the shoe or stock it. There's so many different ways to get there. If we could bring that all to one location and connect that primary to the secondary, it'd be great. That's where we started. Where we're at now is what we're finding is the infrastructure itself becomes a huge, huge, huge advantage and a, a huge tool that our creators 
get to use in a brand new way that we never really expected. So mm-hmm. once again, the idea was to build the, the platform, the marketplace. But as we speak, we now have this opportunity to bring this infrastructure right to the creator. So whether that's using an e-commerce plugin that goes right on the back of your e-commerce Shopify site that allows your collectors to tokenize on the way out, or, you know, simply using our marketplace as a launch pad in the secondary exchange, or then, you know, into the future, creating this, uh, this physical experience, uh, a bit of a, a hybrid gallery, if you may. This now becomes a really cool tool for creators now to access this opportunity to connect with their secondary market. And rather than, you know, forcing them to drop into our ecosystem and forcing them to play by our rules, instead, we now are meeting them where they're at and bringing that infrastructure to them. And then they get to kind of decide how they want to connect with that secondary market, whether it be through rewards games, whether it be through, you know, the game theory that we've seen or, you know, utilities like being able to come to their events and galleries or to their shows. It becomes a really cool tool that we've been able to just witness some of these unbelievable creators kind of run with and come up with some really cool ideas. Is sports memorabilia a part of one of none or is it mainly the like the fashion or the arts aspect to collectibles? So sports memorabilia is a part of one of none, but in a really unique way. We only want to work with the creator. The main mission of one of none is to give creators the access to lifetime value. So if you're taking that Mickey Mantle card that you mentioned from the past and we're just bringing it onto our platform, throwing it in the vault, creating a digital copy and then trying to make a bunch of money off of it. That's just further fueling the problem that started this whole business. That's us, you know, making money off the resale of these really collectible pieces. So if we're going to get into sports memorabilia, our goal is to work with the creator themselves. So in that case, work with the athlete. So if there's a big moment, you know, that game winning touchdown, you know, that free throw or that, that putt that goes in, we want to be able to take that putter right from the athlete and allow them now to benefit from that secondary resale value that they were able to create because of the story that they brought onto that product. Yeah. Hopefully this NFT aspect of collectibles and drops and sports memorabilia kind of adds to, you know, not just tops or uh, whoever like the top trading cards are, or like the Supreme drops, it provides a place for, like you're saying, creators to really find a marketplace and compete with the big dogs if they have, you know, something cool to bring to the market, whether it's kind of one-off creations or art of athletes in a cool way that has their own twist on it. It'd be hard just to bring that to market and again, compete with the big collectible guys out there. I love that. Yeah. One of them provides a space for that. I got to bring up, though, I was looking at the one and on Twitter page. All right, something caught my attention. It's a little concerning, but I want to hear what you have to say about it. Uh-oh. The bio said, bridging the gap between physical and digital collectibles, like we've talked about. That's awesome. Yeah. Through community, advanced Web3 technology, and top-tier military-grade <laughs> integrations. Uh, mind explaining that? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Uh, that, that's bringing in a marketing team to, to make sure that guys like you catch their eye on the way out. Uh, <laughs> but it's true. It's true. You know, as I, as I mentioned, you know, what we built to date and what I've really been, you know, grinding last year on is really an inventory management system, that vault, that mechanism of allowing these collectors to either send their product in in which we'll authenticate it and grade it and put it back in and allow you to exchange a token or redeem it out if you just have the token. So the way that we take those products and bring them over to the blockchain is using these military grade inventory management systems to do so. Mm. So RFID technology, NFC technology, um, 
a couple other things that I'm not supposed to share too much about. And I'm trying to remember my PR notes. Are you saying that I can't find F-16s to bid on on <laughs> one of them? That's not a possibility? No, not at all. You might, you might find an F-16 sitting outside of our, our facility for technical sales, but... Uh, but yeah, so that, that military grade uh, infrastructure is, is really just, just us taking a peek at how, you know, really unique and very expensive and, and very powerful pieces of equipment get managed. And we're thinking, hey, if we're going to go and build this vault and we have to be the trusted resource of, of bridging those physical goods into the metaverse or taking some of those digital companies and bringing them into the physical space, we wanted to do it with the, with the best, you know, uh, you know, inventory management and the best software we possibly could. And, and also, you know, the hardware like RFIDs and NFCs. So we do that now. And then that's really where, where the core of the business starts is being able to automate the process of allowing that token to be traded. So the way that works is if you redeem your physical good, we stop that token from being able to be exchanged. You know, that that's what keeps that one to one. So you can't you you can only, you know, when when you have that redeemed product, you can't, you know, trade that token that represents it. The only time it's not just a PDF that you can copy and paste over and over again. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And if you want to trade the token, you send it back into us. We'll authenticate it, grade it using that RFID technology and some other cool things we can do. As soon as we authenticate that, that automates the process to hit the blockchain and let the token know that it can be exchanged. So that's what always keeps that one to one marriage rather than giving you both, allowing you to sell one to your neighbor, keep the other. And now we don't know whether or not, you know, that provenance or, or that, uh, that lifetime value is actually true. Yeah. It's gotta be secure. Yeah, exactly. Hence military grade integrations. You got it. Nice. <laughs> you kind of touched earlier on the thought of diversifying a portfolio at a macro level, but if you could give a message to younger athletes or maybe even your younger self about the importance of sound investing, uh, what would it be? Yeah, I think the first advice I would give is you can't do it all. Right. You, know, you, you walk into a locker room, the guy sitting to your left is on a $100 million contract. The guy sitting to your right thinks he might get cut tomorrow. The guy next to him may be making $20 million. You guys are all in different places. Yet you get in there and you start getting all this knowledge from all these guys who you look up to. Typically, you know, the guys who make a bunch of money, you know, one guy's in real estate, the other guy's in crypto, the other guy collects art, the other guy has a jet, the other guy drives a Honda. And you don't know which one of those is, is the one you can do. But when it comes to the investing game, it's, you just got to pick one, ask a lot of questions about it, get good at it. And then once you're ready to go into the next thing and you really understand how your money's moving, then you can go on to the next thing. But instead of walking in and, you know, taking that signing bonus and saying, all right, my buddy has a startup over here. I'm putting 50 K in. I'm going to buy my mom a house here because real estate's always a good investment. That's what they tell me. Then I'm going to come over here and, and try to throw some money in stocks. And oh, by the way, blockchain's here. I want to do crypto. Spread There's no way you can control your portfolio. Right. And one thing I learned early was research, research, research. And it's, it's big in the crypto world where people will, will tell young investors, or people new to the space, like don't put money down on something you don't know. And so I kind of took that to heart and wanted to know everything about a project before putting money into it. And it kind of sounds like that's what you're suggesting as well. Just make sure you know what you're doing. Don't get spread too thin, just thrown away cash. Yeah. I like that. Exactly. That's exactly. good stuff. Yeah. All right. It's time to play a little game, DK. We're not the only two football players who have taken an interest in NFTs. And 
I've got a list of right. NFL players, all right, who are also in the NFT game, and I'm going to give you a clue for each one of them. Okay. You got to beat 50%, all right? I think you can do it. You ready? Right. Yep. All right, this guy led the league with 16 touchdowns, 16 receiving touchdowns in 2014. But now he's hitting pay dirt with his own NFT company. Who is he? 2014. Des Bryant. Des Bryant. Bang. Let's one go. of one. That's appropriate. There we go. <laughs> Question number two. This defensive specialist has some impressive numbers. Eight Pro Bowls, two Super Bowls, and 372 NFTs on OpenSea. Who is he? Von Miller? Boom. Let's go. Let's go. You're on a roll. Two for two, 100%. Yeah. Next one. This former wide receiver has an NFT for his Twitter profile pic. Behind it is his cover photo celebrating his 2001 Ravens team winning the Super Bowl. Who is he? On Twitter with an NFT for his profile pic. 2001? It is not Trent Dilfer. <laughs> I know, right? I was five years old. I'm trying to go back to even think if I knew any Ravens back then. You didn't know the whole Ravens stuff when you were five? I didn't. I didn't. Brandon Stokely. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that one. Help you out there. Yeah, needed that one. All right. If you keep it going, you'll be good. Great. I think you might get this one next. This guy who won a national championship at Alabama in 2015 and forced a league-leading eight fumbles in 2020 as a bored hippo with a football in his mouth as his Twitter profile pic. Who is he? We just talked about the Ravens. I know, right? 2020 feels like 10 years ago. I don't, I don't think all the Ravens linebackers I'm thinking of, I can't think of anyone who's in NFTs. You got to give me this one. Think secondary. Think secondary. Secondary. No way. Um, Force fumbles. Uh, Last call. Last yeah, call. Yeah, 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 yeah. Peters? Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphreys. Golly, I knew that. As a bored hippo. There you go. With a football in its mouth. Wow. Leading the charge. We got this. Last November, it was announced that this Titans cornerback would start his own NFT collection. Who is he? Titans cornerback? You know this one. Janora Shankin? Boom. Let's go. In the bank. Jack Rabbit. There we go. I, it better yeah, be Jack, Jack Rabbit. Rabbit related. Yeah. And you know what? I should I should correct myself right now and say it's Jack Rabbit. And it's not Janoris. I, I made that mistake too many times in the locker room. It's not you a real... You call it man Janoris. No, he's Jack Rabbit. It is Jack Rabbit. There you go. And he's got an NFT collection. Way to go. All right. This guy wore a custom t-shirt to practice in January. January. Featuring an NFT he paid over $2 million for. A month later, he was holding the Lombardi Trophy. Who is he? Odo Beckham Jr. Let's go. Boom! Let's go. Way to go. I got nervous there. I got nervous there. To be continued, I guess you guys gotta follow DK on Twitter and check out <laughs> one of none. I love it. Thank you so much to Deshaun for talking to me today and helping me understand the NFT revolution. 
If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate and leave a review or subscribe if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Matt Barkley, and this has been Making Bread.